Welcome back to Composer Quest. I'm your host in Minneapolis, Charlie McCarran, and in this show I talk with all kinds of creative people to find out how to write better music. In today's episode, I talk with an eclectic composer here in Minnesota, Brian Schumann. Brian has embarked on a Thing a Week project, where he's been creating a new piece of music each week in 2016. He talks about how the self-imposed weekly deadline has helped him hone his composing skills. You know, even if it's two or three minutes of piano improv and the first one sounds like garbage, then it's like, okay, well, I better keep playing piano until I can make something that sounds really great. (laughs) First, a couple announcements. If you're listening on Wednesday, May 25th, you probably still have a few hours left to participate in the current composing quest. It's to create a MIDI composition for someone else to remix. My talk with Brian actually inspired this idea, so you'll hear about that a little later. To learn more about this mini-remix challenge, visit ComposerQuest.com Quest19. A little Kickstarter update. As of right now, the ComposerQuest World Tour campaign is 58% funded, and we have two weeks left. So things are looking pretty good, but we're kind of in the plateau phase that most projects face in the middle, where the initial funding push has died down a bit, and some people are waiting until the final moment when the excitement picks up again. So if you want to help guarantee that this seventh season of Composer Quest happens, now is a great time to pledge and keep the momentum going. You can find out more about this world tour and check out the fun rewards at ComposerQuest.com Kickstarter. Thanks! Alright, let's get on to my talk with Brian Schumann. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Brian. Hey, Charlie. Brian Schumann, like the composer. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, and like you, the composer. And like me, the composer, yeah. And you're also a pianist. That's right, yeah. Multi-instrumentalist. I guess the piano, well, maybe the voice was my first instrument, but, you know, played piano at a young age. And then as soon as I got to middle school... My mom said, if you pick up a band instrument, I'll let you stop taking piano lessons. And I said, heck yeah. Wow, what a, what a choice. Anyways, <laughs> so I picked up the piano again later in high school and uh, played the trumpet was my band instrument of choice. I actually wanted to play the saxophone. But it there was, are too many of them? Yeah, something like that. Or I think I could make a sound on a trumpet mouthpiece, so they were like, that's what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a lot of your compositions involve trumpet. Yeah. And, which I th- My wife actually happens to be an amazing trumpet player. In fact, a master at trumpet playing, so oh. to speak. Um, so we met in college in the trumpet section. Um, she was actually the section leader, so a little bit of a crush going on there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, so, yeah, we, you know... I write a lot of music for trumpet just because I know how to write idiomatically for it. But so you guys do a lot of piano and trumpet duets, it, it looks like? from Yeah, actually, that's a, that's a new thing. Um, for a long time, we were really into trumpet and guitar improv. So we use uh, Yamaha Silent Brass and then plug the trumpet through a ton of guitar pedals so distortions and delays and 
harmonizing pedals, um, yeah, just all sorts of crazy stuff. And then I plug my guitar through all the same type of things, and we do totally free improv, just like whatever you feel like playing, make it happen. mentioned Yamaha Silent Brass. What is that? Okay, um, it's basically, you just think of like like a straight mute, except for it completely cuts off all the sound. And it was made, even in the marketing, it's made for basically parents to buy for their kids so they don't have to hear them. Or maybe that's going a little far. It's probably more like if you're in an apartment or a hotel or something like that. It's so you can be completely quiet while playing. And it has a microphone in it and an eighth inch stereo out. So you can plug in headphones and listen to yourself. Hmm. And I don't know, just at one point I was like, wait a second, we could do something really awesome with this. And then was born the electric trumpet. That's awesome. What have you found works well when you two are improvising? Some of the most fun improvs are just play whatever you feel like playing today. We don't even connect ahead of time, don't even say like, well, let's think about sunshine and rainbows or, you know, a dreary day or things like that. Sometimes they end up with titles like that afterwards, but it's usually just go and go and go until we both feel like it reached the end of the improv. And then we're pretty much always recording because, you know, you listen back and you, then you get a dose of reality. It's like, well, that was a lot of fun. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought it was should a lot publish, better yeah, than that. Should we but... publish that? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's a completely different approach to an instrument. Um, you go for gestures over notes. It's not, I need to play this exact note in this exact chord. What chord are you playing? Should we make sure that we have, you know, purposeful non-chordal tones and things like that it's more just like you know whatever it's just all over the place um and it's it's fun Mm -hmm. it's amazing how doing that type of improv has actually led me to play with a bunch of other groups um played for i think three or four years now with the eclectic ensemble which is just this group i stumbled upon at a composer meeting Uh, where we all get together and critique each other's work. Um, And met Tim Donahue, who is a bassist and the leader of that group. And he does some amazing things with uh, solar-powered shows. Um, It was called Music of the Sun, where everything, you had to bike to the performance, you set up solar panels, you... Everything is, you know, we make our own electricity and it's all an electric performance, but all completely free improv. We've done bicycle generators where you have a bicycle up on uh, basically a travel track that uh, the audience has to power the performance. So as we're playing, they all have to play. And if they <laughs> don't great. pedal fast enough, we start to lose power. So. <laughs> Uh, That's awesome. And then um, we actually did this performance, Luminite, last fall, and that was a great thing to be a part of. Um, I got to be 
a duffer, which was basically sitting in the back of a bike cart while Tim hauled me around. And then we also had another person biking and then a cellist, uh, Dan Zamzow, in the other cart. And we just did free improv, but it was also a light show. So there was all these colorful lights flashing all over the place. And we went up and down the greenway. And it was amazing to see all the people's reaction, you know, where people just like their eyes light up and they're just like, what was that? (laughs) And uh, yeah, just was that like during Northern Spark Festival or no? Just uh, it was yeah, it was just an independent thing, Um, and we did it yeah, it was in October, so it was a little getting a little chilly out, but you know we were in these giant white jumpsuits that were all filled with LED lights and stuff like that too. Bicyclists were also playing percussion, so they had like cowbells, and Tim was playing a doomback, which is like a small djembe. I don't know how he was doing that and biking and all. <laughs> and it, it was mostly in time. So. <laughs> so, did this solar powered band? Is that what inspired you to do a solar-powered studio here? or You know, it might have on some level. I think for a long time I've been trying to be more and more and more environmentally conscious. You know, back in the 1800s, all they had to do was have a piano and some sheet music and a pencil, and you're good to go. And... You know, I still write that way when I can, but there's obviously a whole lot more that goes into being a music producer nowadays. All of the stuff runs on electricity, including my lava lamp, (laughs) including the good vibes. So adding solar panels to the house in order to power all of our personal electricity and all the electricity that I use to make music and to just lessen the footprint, I think is just... I don't know. It just seems like such a, a good idea. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm really excited. And then excited. bands can like promote that too. Like, yeah, hey, definitely. We recorded in a- yeah, you know, we all try and do things where you get the post-consumer 100% recycled uh, sleeves for your CDs, or mm-hmm. even just only doing digital downloads and all of that. So this is taking it one step further into the creative process. So, have you done some producing for people here? Um, already? Yeah, so I've worked with a handful of bands, uh, including my own bands, um, as well as some classical artists. And it's nice just to meet up with other artists in any capacity and have other artists come in. Oh, hi, Ruby. <laughs> hi, Ruby. And other cats come yeah, in and Ruby jump on your shoulders. jumped on my shoulders and knocked the microphone all she, over. But she really likes being your scarf. Yeah, she does. Do you want to give us a cat sample there, cat? No, that no. almost sounded like a cat. But that's yeah, your chair. no, that was my chair. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> she always both of them. Aggie, she's somewhere around here. I don't know, but both of them, they do the goofiest stuff until you pull out your camera, and then it's like blank stare. What did you want me to do? It's like, just keep doing what you're doing. It's awesome. That's YouTube gold right there. Yes, you're going to make me millions. (laughs) What were we talking about? I don't know. (laughs) 
Yeah, solar oh, panels. Oh, so coming in. Coming in this summer, um, so as soon as possible. Uh, the, they're made in Minnesota. We're waiting for the order to be completed, and then we'll be yeah, running off the sun. Yeah. So you were saying you just got into video game composing, like, in the past couple of years? Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, I've been a lifetime gamer, and... It's funny how it has always inspired my music, and um, there have been plenty of times where I was even working on an orchestral piece just out of college. I was writing a piece for the Augsburg Symphony Orchestra, and I was writing it in finale at the time, and, you know, the MIDI isn't great, but it sounds just like video game sound (laughs) samples. Coming into the video game community just in the past couple of years seemed almost like a no-brainer, and I'm glad it's snowballing and great things are happening. Um, started by going to a couple conferences maybe three, four years ago, just meeting people. Started going to the IGDA meetings a couple years ago. Uh, did the Global Game Jam uh, that Glitch and IGDA have put on the last two years, and that has been where I've met so many people, and just started getting work. You know, you show up to those things, which are super fun anyways. There's nothing yeah. like spending 48 hours cranking out as much music as humanly possible and working with all these art, other artists who are super passionate and you have nothing else to do but focus on the product that you're trying so desperately to finish. But then, um, yeah, there's just a lot of really good lasting relationships that have come out of those. And, yeah, yeah. a handful of gigs. So, Yeah. The one, Tiki Torture, was that a game you did at the Game Jam? Yeah, that was... Uh, just uh, it was so funny because I found one project that I wanted to do. Uh, one of the guys who got up in front of the group and said, "Hey, I have this idea for this game," and I said, "That sounds like something I'd love to do." It was just a bunch of super chill music for a Zen garden. And so then is that so for people who don't know how the game global game jam works? Is that how it like someone proposes an idea and then people flock to them or yeah that was um it was a little different each year but that's generally it you know they do a session of pitches you know if you have some ideas um there's always a theme and then people just get up in front of the entire group and here's my random idea if anybody wants to join me i'm looking for x y and z type of programmer artist musician things like that and then i ended up working on two other games just by chance as i was setting up i walked into the room and someone said oh hi i'm so-and-so and and who are you and i was like oh i'm brian i'm a musician and they're like you want to write music for our games like yes i do (laughs) and then so i was like okay now i have two games i'm working on and then another group walked in and they just happened to be saying oh all we have to do is find a musician just like raise my hand yes i'll do that (laughs) and that was the tiki torture group that game turned out really great. It's multiplayer, deathmatch, your little tiki guys, kind of like, reminds me a little bit of Smash Brothers, 
and uh, you pretty much just like jab each other and then throw each other into the volcano. Some of the screams and stuff turned out really satisfying. That was, was that your screaming? Uh, no, that actually wasn't me. I, I wanted to really badly, but around the time that I was working on those sound effects, it was like 2 a.m., and there was a bunch of people trying to like get a couple hours of sleep around me, and I thought if I busted out my microphone and just started screaming into that, it would just... I would not have made friends. So yeah. um, those I found online... Um, which, you know, turned out to be great. And, um, yeah, dropping someone in the lava, and it's just like this horrifying scream. What about the singing track? Or is, was those, that just yeah, like those a sample? Are, those are samples. Um, that is East-West Voices of Passion. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the East-West package that I have has a bunch of traditional instruments, a bunch of band instruments, pianos, orchestras, choirs, things like that. And part of the package that I got, it just said, you can pick a couple different things. And I was like, oh, that sounds neat. It actually turned out really great. They went around to a bunch of different countries, um, found people who sang in their culture's way, um, and just all these kind of flowing melodies and all these, um, a lot of Middle Eastern things that are like quarter tones and semitones and things like that. And that stuff is great. You have to be really careful with it, though, because I feel like I've heard the exact same samples that I now that I recognize them in movies, you know, like, oh, yeah. watching things like, I don't know, I feel like it really became popular. Remember the movie Gladiator? Yeah. Ooh. I suppose that was when they started doing the... Yeah, kind yeah, of like these soft, like, Middle Eastern, uh, like type of sounds, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, is that the exact same one that I have in my sample? It, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's not so easy to pick out when it's like, oh, is that low C on that double bass, the same low C sample you have, you know, like, probably, but <laughs> probably, cares, but you know? yeah, no one. But when it's yeah, these really, really characteristic vocal samples, it's yeah, kind of, it's kind of funny. Yeah, tiki torture turned out really cool, and the percussion, yeah, too, it's really awesome. Yeah, I love those. That's again, uh, East West um, taiko drums. Oh, which yeah, that, those are fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and then there's storm drum package it's just like these larger than life and then you <clears throat> add on extra reverb and things like that <laughs> yeah how big can i make these drums <laughs> <laughs> yeah so was that like a drum loop or was it like you were playing on uh, your keyboard yeah I, pl- I played those on my keyboard so a lot of times what i end up doing for any sort of video game music or producing just original ideas I just start thinking of the vibe or like kind of start feeling a tempo. And then I usually end up setting up a click kind of going along with that. And then I just like jam for a bit. And you kind of, st- it's like learning a new instrument, you know, it's 
especially with drums and things like that, it's just laid out in such a unique way on the keyboard where it's just like learning a new instrument and you kind of figure out like, oh, if I hit this key, this velocity, you know, how hard I hit it, it's going to change the tone a little bit and where are the good notes laid out and like start thinking of drum melody almost, you know, where you can mm. kind of feel what should be like the oof and what should be the ka type of stuff. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's how I ended up putting that one together. It just kind of like started flowing and then added in. There's a didgeridoo in there. Zen game that you did during the game jam turned out really cool too. Like, I mean, I hadn't played the game, but the music is very Zen. Yeah, um, nobody has played that game. Oh, no, really? <laughs> um, yeah, one of the only things that got finished was the music. <laughs> It's just one of these things where it's an open, very slow-moving strings type of thing, and then once you're done placing all the seeds, then you slowly walk around the garden, and depending on the proximity of the different things you plant, they grow into like a big tree or a mountain or, you know, some reeds in the swamp. Where there are going to be some, like, interactive music elements based on where you are in this garden. Oh, yeah. yeah, so like depending on how you approach these different assets, they all have a certain theme attached to them that would end up playing in time and had to keep it pretty much in the same key or key center. So that way anytime, you know, you approach the mountain and the Hirok horn theme comes out, it, you know, feels all majestic and like it's perfectly fit in there when it's actually triggered by the player. But it just feels like it should be part of the background music. So how would you do that where you keep the music timed? Would it be timed to the beat with the Yeah, other so the, the chord changes, it's just it's very long string pads, and they just kind of swell in and swell out. So there isn't a huge beat there. But then I'd probably integrate it with Weiss, which is a really great interactive music program where you can say like as soon as this box collider is hit wait until the next beat to play this thing so, mm. or the next measure or play, so it, you play have it immediately a, so you have a master metronome going right somehow. yep so i would say like okay this is 60 bpm we have this huge lush string canvas that's happening and then you tell the program, well, here's what my beat is. And then you say, okay, all of these other assets that happen are going to be in the same meter. And 
they're written in a way where it doesn't really matter if it hits a chord change. You might just end up with a really interesting non-harmonic chord tone. But as long as the big beats end up lining up with each other, you end up with something that generally sounds like really good and like it was meant to be. So Weiss, or yeah, how do you, how do you you say it? Weiss. Weiss. It's w- like W Weiss. W W I S C. Yeah. How hard is that to learn, and how much is it worth the learning of it? Um, for? I I'd say it is worth it. It's free, and you really only pay for huge projects. So you have to get an individual license for each project you end up doing. But you're allowed, I think, like 200 individual sound assets before you have to start paying, which is quite a lot for Mm. especially, like, you think, you know, mobile games or puzzle games or things like that. Like, how many individual unique sounds do you really have? So I think when you're getting into the AAA market, then then they charge you, and it's a lot. Yeah. But um, would that include like every stem that you have as yeah, as a wave file or something? Correct. Yeah. So. so I mean, it can add up pretty fast. Um, but I think it's worth it, and it's um, really great just to be able to hear how your things are going to fit together. So, you know, when I work in Pro Tools, it's a lot of muting and soloing and all of this stuff. But you know, it's very much a linear fashion. So it's like, here's my music, here's my sound effects. They aren't really on top of each other. How do you, you know, check them against each other? And Weiss is pretty easy to set up. I think I learned it at least the basics to get it going in an afternoon. And it's great because you can use the exact same game calls that you'd use in Unity or unreal or really any engine as long as it's set up in a way to integrate and you just say like here's my main music play and then here is the bonus sound effect or here is the you got stabbed sound effect or here is whatever type of thing in case in the case of the zen game it's here's the sound for when you walk by the mountain and you can check things against each other so like you know when both of these things are playing am i going to peak you know, am I going to push it above zero dB or like, is this sound effect supposed to be a whole lot more impactful, but it just didn't come out quite as loud as it should. Yeah. It gives you a chance to really check those things and play around with it before you just ship it off and hope that it turns out. thing I'm working on this year um, is I set out to make and publish something every single week, which has turned into a whole lot of piano improv at the very last minute, but also has been a lot of really great pieces. Um, I've made a guitar quartet using a bunch of different guitars. (laughs) 
soundscape for piano was actually a through-composed piece. I'm finding that by improvising at the piano, especially when I can hook it up to my computer and just input the MIDI data right into my computer, it is a great way to sketch down ideas um, that can be arranged into bigger ensembles later. Hmm. That is when I have a click in my ear and I stick to it to a certain extent. Otherwise, I just wrote a piece for piano and trumpet uh, for me and Kate to play. It was three parts. The first section and the last section were very to a click. But then the middle section was actually highly improvised between us. And it was written the quickest and took the least amount of effort. Um, And I actually had the best audience reaction too. Hmm. Um, And we used the trumpet with pedals on that one as well. You know, blow some air through the trumpet and clack your valves so it kind of sounds like wind. And then play a soaring melody line. You know, it was the... the, uh, instruction that she got. So what got you inspired to do your thing a week in 2016? Um, I, it was actually uh, something I heard on a podcast. Um, I was listening to the CD Baby DIY podcast, which is really mm. great. Cool. And um, they had interviewed a guy actually like six or seven years ago, and he was just talking about how he had done a song a week. And I had thought about that being a songwriter as well, but there's so much more and I don't know that I could dedicate writing a song every single week because there's so much more that I'm interested in. So I kind of just turned it into a thing, whatever that might be some sort of piano improv or soundscape or soundtrack type of things. Or I've or like your waterfall. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you, did some, you had some waterfall footage. And yeah. That then... turned out really cool. Um, it just happened that one weekend I was out of town up in Grand Marais visiting my mom and it was the perfect time to see the waterfalls on the border of Canada and they were just roaring. And I started, I was like, well, I should definitely take some footage of this. Why not? And yeah, I just started getting inspired by the setting. It kind of reminded me of Twin Peaks. And mm-hmm. then that's their little intro track. Halfway through, this uh, harp arpeggio comes in, which reminds me of Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> which is also really great. <laughs> yep. And then um, that turned into a near ripoff of both of those. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, a... I couldn't help myself at that point. It's so 
90s cheesy, <laughs> but <laughs> in a way, like, it's really comforting or something. I yeah, don't know. there's something about, <laughs> yeah, that, you know, when you hear that, that bass, that's like, wow, <laughs> it's like, that's so great. <laughs> I did a song a week project oh, really? a few oh. years before I started this podcast, but I did the approach of producing someone's song oh. each week and kind of like co-writing for some of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, writing my own songs every week would have been too much, I think. But but it was like really fun having that thing you're doing every week and giving yourself a deadline. And yeah, have you found like that's been really helpful having these deadlines (laughs) absolutely and even though they're self-imposed you know i have a handful of readers of my blog and i feel like now that i've committed myself to it i just have to and there have been plenty of times where you know life happens all week long and i usually publish them on saturday or sunday uh, Sunday is my ultimate deadline, but sometimes I just publish them ahead of time if it if I have a busy Sunday. But yeah, it has really helped my just exercising the composition muscle. You know, even if it's two or three minutes of piano improv and the first one sounds like garbage, then it's like, okay, well, I better keep playing piano until I can make something that sounds really great. (laughs) And, you know, that might even turn into a half an hour or an hour of just playing the piano, which is something that's really great to have to do. Yeah. Even though I love doing it, I just don't always find or make the time to do it. Did you feel like you hit a point where you were like it was easier for you to get into it every week or or is it always a struggle um yeah you know i think yeah it's it's usually just about the idea and how excited i am about it or lots of things going on last minute i've got it down to where i can usually get a good piano improv edit the video get it uploaded write a little blog entry in an hour and a half so that's (laughs) really good sometimes it it really is just like sunday morning i wake up and i go oh no (laughs) (laughs) but well i'm sad you couldn't be up on stage with us for the uh game music melee at glitch con yeah yeah, uh that that brian was running the sound for people who didn't um catch that but yeah brian was doing sound for us but next time we'll have We'll get you in on it. Yeah, definitely. It looked and sounded like a ton of fun. But yeah, I was definitely busy back at the board. Um, uh, Emily is a great improviser when it comes to speaking, and there was a lot of, all right, let's check in with Charlie. It's like, oh, wow, i got to go quick, set it up again. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that was a really cool event. I, I was very impressed with everything you guys came up with. And it was really interesting to hear the different takes on it. You know, and I, I was back there composing in my head, too, going like, well, let's see what would a life of a cloud sound like to me? You know? <laughs> yeah. What would be my approach to this? And then uh, hearing the different things that you guys came up with, um, you know, I think you did something that was a lot more 
melodic and maybe more like old school video gamey, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, that was a really cool melody line, by the way. I still have it Thanks. stuck in my head. I, <laughs> I can pick it out. Do you have a favorite thing a week that you've done? Yeah, I think so far it's been the guitar quartet. And I really want to work on that some more. That one, I was half improvising, half writing that piece. So I started out with the classical guitar part and then just had to leave space with the idea that something else is going to happen in that space. And then it was just as much a discovery for me to find out what that other part was going to be and then you know as the bass started filling things in and then the electric guitar lead part happened and then it just turned into this kind of flowing you know waves of different guitar sounds coming in and out just found out that last week we are over a third of the way through the year oh that so was congrats yeah <laughs> and that was week 18 so it's n- nice to feel the progress and to know that wow i'm already a third done with this but then part of me goes oh there's still so much more i want to do and i i don't know if i'm going to commit to 2017 at this point <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see we'll see what happens that's awesome well, speaking of guitar, I saw on your site that you took guitar lessons with Nick Graths. I did, yeah. Yeah, he was my music theory teacher. Oh, no way. At uh, St. John's. St. John's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or oral skills class. Oral skills class, yep. Yeah, he's a great guy. I love uh, one of his mannerisms where somehow every single note on the neck of the guitar has a completely different sound associated to it so as you're playing and some people might be no it's more like do 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 he'd be like king kong boom ching dong and just go <laughs> cool is that exactly how it goes <laughs> uh just cracked me up every time um huh yeah yeah i still remember like the first time the, f- the very first class he was explaining like well music is sometimes just in your head. And then it was him just, like, kind of thinking music for a while, <laughs> for, like, a, a minute. Of him just silently, like, just kind of quietly humming to himself. And that was kind of eye-opening, actually, because I realized, like, oh, yeah, you can think music theory stuff in your head. And he was explaining how you can think two voices in your head and that kind of got me excited as like someone who's composing too it's like oh i can think these things in my head and yeah and then not only think them but know what it is yeah know what they are i mean that's yeah i guess that's the important part (laughs) (laughs) yeah guitar lessons with nick raths that was very uh 
highly impressionable time in my life and learned a ton from him. You know, some of the things he said, just like, there's always time to play this note and there's always enough time to play the next note. So don't skip the ones in between. There's no sense in rushing through it, you know, just play it slower, make sure you hit each note. And it's kind of one of those things where, you know, as, as a younger musician, it's so easy to, to jump from one thing to the next, especially like an uh, instrument like guitar where, you know, you're like, oh, I just want to shred. I want to play this face melting solo. And it kind of ends up just, you know, sounding like the guitar hero thing where you keep missing all the notes, you know, <laughs> and uh, nobody likes that. Um, and yeah, just some stuff about, you know, stage fright and things like that. I always had really great opinions. Just I think one time he just said, like, if you're ever feeling nervous, and especially on classical guitar where your hands might start to shake and you can't play, the best thing to do is experience it. Don't try and shut it down. Don't try and push it away. And you're only going to make yourself shake more and you'll never get over it. But just experience it as an emotion, as a feeling, as a rush of adrenaline. And then it goes away. And all of a sudden, you're in the moment more than ever. Hmm. Cool. Oh, so I, I forgot to ask you about the game you wrote music for called Game Pack Girl. Yeah, that one is still in development. I met these guys through the Game Jam, and this was actually a Game Jam game that they made a couple years back. And it was specifically meant to be in the size of an original Game Boy screen. So even though it's played on PC, the maximum window size is, you know, something like a hundred pixels by whatever, <laughs> you know. Uh and the graphics should match that idea, you know, that off greenish color. And then they took the idea one step further. So it's not only original Game Boy, but Game Boy is it Advance that or Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance, the different, you know, eight bit, sixteen bit, thirty two bit. Yeah. And the idea is that all of the graphics and all of the music and all the sound effects can be at any point in time changed to any of those things based on what the player wants. Hmm. So uh, that was really fun to write the different stems for that because I did like an 8-bit kind of um, glitchy type of sound. A 16-bit, you know, it's just a little bit more robust in the synth tones I was able to use for that. And then the 32-bit, I just straight up used my orchestral samples. the piece three times or rather just arranged the exact same piece with the exact same melody and beat and feel three times stacked on top of each other all to the same click all with the same looping point 
And then that was one where Weiss was huge to be able to have um, because I was able to import all the tracks into the same thing and just say, like, all right, this one is called Player Hits the 8-Bit Button. This one's called Player Hits the 16, so on. And figure out how those transitions were going to work to have one ramp down and the other ramp up. And it's really funny to hear sometimes, like, if you're going straight from the 32-bit orchestral thing and, and within, you know, a couple seconds it just, like, <laughs> ducks out and you have this little type of thing going on. That sounds like a really fun way to think about arranging those, too. Because, like, I've... Like, especially doing video game music, it's like... The style of my video game tracks is so fun and, like, intricately woven melodies and stuff that it would be really fun to try that with different instruments and, like, different resolutions of the music, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think back to the piece that you wrote at Music Melee and that melody line that was kind of that really cool round synth tone that bends from one thing to the next and then just thinking about like how would that sound with strings you know and makes your mind work in a a different way where it's the first instrument I pick doesn't have to be the final one and you know I think by the time I looped around I went back to the first one and was like wait what if I tried something else for this one too and um, slowly nail down exactly what the best tones for each of the things would be. Yeah. I I had this thought today that you know how when film composers work with orchestrators there's that divide or like even sometimes with bands the producer will take the music and do more with it. But video game music that seems like it rarely happens at least for like indie music but i thought it'd be kind of cool to do a collaboration with someone who is really good at making video game sounds because i don't i feel like i'm not quite at that level where i know exactly even like to try and arrange it like a retro thing like a chip tune type yeah of thing. but i feel like i could figure out the composing side of it um and then if i were to try sending that to someone who knew like all the exact ways to make it like that that would be kind of interesting yeah i don't know yeah it really would that's a cool thought yeah because you know you might have this as it comes back to you know doing piano improv and uh just raw composition where it's just no these are the notes but then from there yeah you could just have someone with a completely different perspective a completely different background take it and run with it and Mm -hmm. turn it into the video game music yeah Yeah. actually okay you now you're making me think of a potentially cool quest that we could do because like have like a round robin thing with midi files so you give someone a midi file (laughs) you don't tell them what instruments you were thinking of I like it. And then the other person arranges it. I like it already. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let's make that the next quest. I think that'd be really cool. Anyways, do you have any advice for 
composers? I, I guess if you could boil down your wisdom. Yeah. I would say don't be self-deprecating. Don't judge yourself too hard, but still have an editing ear. And don't be afraid to throw pages away or start over or go with idea number four, five, six, seven. And just write, you know, start something, complete something, start something new, complete that. Sometimes you have to write a lot of crap before you write something really good, so. What's your favorite chord? There's just so many of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I really like this half-diminished chord that comes up in one of the songs. Let's see if this guitar is in tune. Nice. It's probably not. It's been down here for a while, but... That's way out of tune. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like that chord, whatever it was. Well, the other guitar half down. diminished seventh chord, or uh, yes, half yeah. diminished seventh chord. Um, that, that is one my is favorite chord too. Really, yeah, no way. It is. Um, that one has, I think, the fifth in the bass too. So I would try and play it on the other guitar, but that one is in open D minor seven tuning. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, what, what does that sound like? This might not be perfectly in tune either, but that's oh, actually pretty Ooh. close. Yeah, that's so nice. you can just kind of play bar chords and feel like you're awesome. Oh, that's nice. So I wrote a song that used that tuning, and now this guitar plays one song ever. <laughs> <laughs> Could you play that song? Let's see. We're gonna drop a bombshell Tree of life, oh man, mid And that will be as bright As the burning sun Oh baby, baby, it's just begun Cause the bombshell the tree of life, radio Activity just might make us grow Wings or fins and you can't help but go Green with glow in the dark skin, you know Of all destructive motivations The world were full of wonderful creations Like a bombshell A tree of life that blows up And illuminates the sky With colorful lights Spread those wings It's time to take flight As the bombshell Tree of life alters reality right before your eyes and closes the door on hate and war. Sing never more. Just think if in place. 
place of all destructive motivations, the world we're full of wonderful creations. That bombshell, a tree of life, it just might stop. And invite you in for a cup of joe. It's gonna be hot, don't burn your tongue, you know. That bombshell, a tree of life, mushroom cloud, can be described as so much more than a plume of smoke. Rising up, it's beautiful with its branches and leaves swaying in the breeze. Baby bluebirds and bumblebees to see. Just think if, in place of all destructive motivations, the world were full of wonderful creations. Nice. <laughs> the other advantage of the, that open tuning is you get a lot of cool harmonics that by just yeah yeah holding just uh, that twelfth fret harmonic sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice song. Thank you. What was your inspiration? Um, that one, I guess you know, it, it's pretty much all said in the chorus. It's just about trying to take anything that's negative and all the terrible things in the world and just try and put that energy into something positive and doesn't take that much effort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a tradition on the show of a question chain from guest to guest. So my last guest asked a question of you. If you could compose your next piece outside... What environment would you choose, and how do you think it would influence what you create? I'd have to say that, you know, I'd be really happy just to spend some time in my own backyard. Um, and I think I might just have to do that. Um, so I'll probably bring a guitar out there, to the fire pit maybe even. Uh, <laughs> do, maybe I'll do a little campfire song, or yeah. I don't know. You know what you could do to tie it back to this episode? Uh, the other tradition is that everyone writes their own intro theme for the podcast episode. Yeah, let's do so that. So maybe we could just, yeah, see what happens when you write it outside. Sounds good. And we'll have evidence. Should I record it outside, too? See yeah. if we can get some squirrels chirping? Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect. All right, great. Yeah, they love uh, the compost pile right now. All winter long, we've been throwing compost out there, and we have some really chubby squirrels. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) 
So now I just need a question from you for the next guest. What is your favorite instrument to compose for? And if you could write for any number of that same instrument, how many do you think you'd write for? (laughs) That's great. 75 didgeridoos. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, I am going to be going to Australia on this world tour, hopefully. So maybe I can make that happen. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Brian. It's been an awesome chat. Thanks for coming over, Charlie. Yeah. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Composer Quest with Brian Schumann. If you want to follow along with his Thing a Week project, visit thosewhomakesound.com. Brian finished his intro theme challenge in style, so I thought I'd leave you with his full recording. While sitting outside in his backyard, he was inspired to write a second movement to his guitar quartet. He then went inside to get a good audio and video recording, and you can check out his split-screen video with him playing all four guitar parts at composerquest.com brian spelled B-R-Y-A-N. I also have links to all of his other projects there, including the biking music project Luminite. So now, here's Brian Schumann's A Guitar Quartet of Sorts, Movement 2. Thank you.